Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. H.H. H. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett on May 16, 1861, in Gimlinton, New Hampshire. His parents were Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price, who were both first English immigrant descendants living in the area. H.H. was the middle child of five, having two younger and two older siblings. Their family had a farming background and were devout Methodists. There was no evidence of an abused or unhappy childhood for H.H. that may have been contributed to the unbelievable horrors that he himself would inflict on others. At age 16, H.H. graduated from Exeter Academy. He took teaching jobs in his hometown of Gilmanton, New Hampshire, and later in the nearby town of Alton. On July 4, 1878, he marries Clara Loverling. They had a son, Robert Loverling Mudgett, who was born on February 3, 1880 in Loudoun, New Hampshire. Robert would go to become an accountant and would serve as city manager in Orlando, Florida. H.H. enrolled in the University of Vermont in Burlington when he was 18. Being super unhappy with his school, he leaves about a year in. In 1882, he enters the University of Michigan Department of Medicine and Surgery. He graduates in 1884 after passing all of his exams. While at school, he worked in the anatomy lab. He was an apprentice to an advocate of human dissection. Years later, when H.H. would become a suspect in murder, he would later say that he was only guilty of fraud, using cadavers that he had access to, to collect from insurance companies. Others living with H.H. and Clara describe him as very violent towards her. In 1884, just before H.H. graduates, Clara leaves and moves back to New Hampshire. She stated that she didn't hear much about him after their separation. Sometime afterward, H.H. moves to Moore's Forks, New York. A rumor is spread during this time frame that H.H. had been seen about town with a young boy and that this young boy had mysteriously gone missing. When H.H. was, was questioned, he stated that the boy had returned home to Michigan. No investigation was ever pursued, and H.H. left town quickly. H.H. then travels to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and gets a job as a keeper at Nor Norristown State Hospital, but leaves just after a few days. He does get a position at a drugstore while in Pennsylvania. A young boy dies under suspicious circumstances. After taking a certain medicine from the drugstore, H.H. claims he has nothing to do with the boy's death and proceeds to immediately leave town. He then moves to Chicago, Illinois, and changes his name from Herman Webster Mudgett to Her Henry Howard H.H. H. Holmes, officially, unofficially, to try to avoid any possible detection or any suspicion of any previous victims to whom he may have previously been linked to, scam or otherwise. In 1887, 
H.H. purchases the lot across the, from the drugstore. A two-storied, multi-purpose building would be constructed, consisting of apartments and retail spaces on the second floor and a new drugstore on the first floor. In 1888, H.H. refuses to pay both the architects and the steel company, who both decide to sue. In 1892, H.H. decides to build a third floor, telling investors and suppliers that a third floor would be in the inspiration for a hotel for the World's Fair in 1893. The floor would never be completed as a hotel. He instead kept any items or materials in hidden places and passages throughout the building and never paid for anything. This building was referred to as the castle. The building would be converted to strange, maze-like hallways that seemed to go nowhere. Soundproofed rooms equipped with chutes that would drop straight down to the basement where acid vats were present, as well as quicklime and, of course, a crematorium. Well, naturally. With the hotel fictionally completed began the time of torture rooms. Some rooms were so airtight they were connected to gas pipelines, creating gas chamber rooms. The chutes were used for bodies to be transported to the basement to awaiting surgical tables, where they would be dissected and both their organs and their bones would be sold to the black market for medical institutions. One of H.H.'s early murder was his mistress. She was the wife of one of the tenants and an employee at his drugstore. When her husband found out about the affair, he quit his job and moved away with, without his wife and his child, leaving them to fend for themselves and in the hands of H.H., where their affair continued. In 1891, the mistress and the child disappear. H.H. would later state that the mistress died during an abortion, the true cause of either of their deaths or disappearances have never been confirmed. In 1892, another two rumored mistresses disappear. That same year, he befriends an accomplice and right-hand man for this current criminal behavior. In 1893, H.H. starts a relationship with a one-time actress, Minnie Williams, who had just recently moved to Chicago. There is no real evidence of when they first became acquainted. Some accounts state it was when Minnie first moved to Chicago. Other accounts state that they were introduced years before in Boston, Massachusetts. H.H. offers Minnie a job and she accepts. She is convinced by H.H. to transfer the deed of her Fort Worth, Texas property to another man who was actually an alias of H.H. In April 1893, again the deed is transferred to H.H.'s accomplice in one of his own aliases, and H.H. serving as the notary. In May 1893, H.H. and Minnie pose as husband and wife to rent an apartment in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Her sister Annie soon comes to visit. In July, both Minnie and Annie disappear, never to be seen alive again. Their aunt would receive a fictitious letter stating that the sisters were off to see their brother in Europe. In 1894, after leaving Chicago, H.H. surfaces in Fort Worth, Texas to claim his supposed inheritance that was the property from Minnie and Annie, where he will soon reconstruct his new castle, and just as he did with the investors and suppliers in Chicago, 
He refused to pay anyone involved in helping him develop his new castle. In July 1894, H.H. is arrested for the first time and goes to jail briefly from a charge brought by St. Louis, Missouri. He quickly bailed out. The brief time he spent in jail, he made friends with a convict that happened to be serving a 25-year sentence. H.H. decided it was in his best interest to defraud the insurance company by taking out a life insurance policy on himself and then fake his own death to collect the money. This plan would be poorly executed and the insurance company was quick to be suspicious. H.H.'s accomplice was quick to execute the same plan of faking his own death and collect on his life insurance. His wife didn't mind that plan either since she would keep only half and give the rest to the other two involved. H.H. told his accomplice he would place a cadaver in his place in disguise. Instead, H.H. decides to just kill his accomplice. He knocks him unconscious using chloroform and setting him on fire with benzene. H.H. then convinces the wife of the deceased to allow him to have custody of three out of their five children. He travels with them across North America and Canada, while along the way convincing the widow her husband was not dead, but instead hiding in London, England, and also never informing her of the whereabouts of her own children. Unfortunately, the children would never be seen alive again. Two of the children were forced in a large trunk with a hole where a hose was inserted so gas could enter to asphyxiate them. They were buried in a rental house in Toronto, Canada. The third child's body was found drugged, chopped up, and burned in Indianapolis, Indiana. His murder spree would come to an end on November 17, 1894. He was held on the charge of horse theft from his time in Fort Worth, Texas. After discovering two of the three children's bodies in July 1895, Chicago police and reporters investigate H.H.'s castle. Despite all of the rumors and horrifications that were discovered there, all are false. No such torture devices were ever found. Guess that's why they call those unsubstantiated things rumors. No proof. In October 1895, he is put on trial for the murder of his accomplice and three of his children. He confesses to 27 other murders in Chicago, Pennsylvania, and Toronto. FYI, some of these victims he claimed to have murdered were still living. So for the most part, H.H.'s confession is just nonsense. He is kind of just contradictory in general about his whole life. He claims to have been possessed by Satan, being an avid liar, and states that his appearance had changed since his imprisonment. Can you say shave and a haircut? He claims his appearance had changed due to him starting to resemble the devil. And what? On May 7th, 1896, he was hanged for his crimes, and karma takes its true form. Not only does his neck not break, but it takes 15 minutes for him to strangle to death. He requested for his coffin to be buried 10 feet below and covered by concrete as one of his biggest fears was that his body would be stolen by grave robbers and dissected. Wonder where he got that fear. Strange note. In 2017, H.H.'s body was exhumed under the suspicion he had escaped execution. 
This was not an easy task due to the fact that his coffin was encased in concrete. After dental records confirmed it was him, he was reburied. Also, he was married three times, but not really. He was married, not divorced, married a second time, not divorced, and married for a third time. Unknown to the second and third wives, he was never divorced from his first wife, so there was only really one marriage. Enter the Conspiracy Corner. said that H.H. was such an entrepreneur that he could sell anything to anyone. He sold skeletons to medical labs and schools. It was rumored that he and his accomplice would strip the flesh of bodies, dissect them, and prep them to sell to medical labs and schools. Whatever parts of the bodies that couldn't be used were tossed in pits of lime or acid. You know, getting rid of any possible evidence that might make H.H. guilty of, you know, murder and any kind of abuse of a corpse. My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always, I will never give up and read the science. Special thanks to all the reading materials I could get my hands on, internet mostly, thanks to wikipedia.org. Thanks so much for listening. I am Rachel Vallisnori, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs>